Welcome to the Happy, Healthy, Strong podcast. Our goal is to equip you with the knowledge and tools you need to make lasting changes in your health. Society has trained us to think that Western medicine is the answer to long-term health, but this approach only treats symptoms and never addresses the root cause. Without a new approach, our community will experience unnecessary sickness and suffering. We teach the functional health model to educate and empower listeners on their journey to a happier, healthier, and stronger life. My name is Paige, and I'm a certified holistic health coach. I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Alex Arguello, doctor of chiropractic and functional health practitioner. Join us as we unpack some of the most pressing health challenges facing our community today. Welcome back to the Happy Healthy Strong podcast. Today we're continuing along in our pregnancy series. So far we have covered um, a lot of leading up to pregnancy and what you would want to do to prepare your body to get pregnant. So now we're finally diving into when you're actually pregnant, what you can do to have the healthiest possible pregnancy. Yeah, so we've said we're going to do a pregnancy series and it took us 18 weeks to actually get to pregnancy. <laughs> There's a lot, you know. It's yeah, it's a lot of important yeah, stuff totally. leading up to it. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's important for people to understand because, uh, again, we just have the mindset typically that, you know, we're not, we are healthy until we have some sort of a symptom. And we miss the fact that if you want health, there's a lot of things that you have to do to make yourself healthy. Yes, preemptively. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you're not doing those things, you're kind of on your way to having some sort of a health issue. But yes, actually two pregnancies. So what I wanted to do, I think, is is break this up into um, at least two different shows. So today, we're not going to get the full picture. Um, I think nutrition, um, as we've hit on, um, kind of emphasized in the past few weeks with the other stages, and nutrition is going to be um, a significant piece of this. So we want to spend just one show talking about nutrition during mm-hmm. pregnancy, because I think we'll we'll have a lot to say on that. So today will just be lifestyle. Um, and I shouldn't say just be lifestyle. Um, lifestyle is extremely important, although I would say nutrition is, is probably the top um, factor determining whether or not you're going to be healthy during pregnancy. These other lifestyle factors are also important. So just go through each one of them um, and I think talk about one that we haven't really hit much on, um, which hopefully is surprising for a lot of people that I haven't hit on it being that what I uh, actually have my degree in. Right. So we'll see. <laughs> um, but yes, so all of the things, right? Movement or, or what most people know is exercise or to- toxicity, stress management, sleep, all of those things mm-hmm. is what we'll touch on. So um, with all of them, I think I'm going to give some um, stuff that research shows. So for example, here's some things that studies on movement or exercise have shown mm-hmm. for mom, easier deliveries, healthier babies, faster recoveries, less colic in babies, more resiliency, so st- basically stronger immune systems, less depression for mom. Um, they just feel better overall, so less pain, and they have more energy. Those, those are all things that actually research has been done to wow. show um, with pregnant women. That's awesome. But backing up a little bit, um, we research is awesome and, and we want to continue to do research but when you think about health you think about kind of the w- you can consider it the wellness paradigm research is actually tough to do to show that right and i think i've hit on this in a previous episode did i do the the analogy of the plants where you take two groups of plants give one water and not mm-hmm. the other one water yeah, yeah yeah so when you look at things that are we know are good for the body based off of genetics based off of just thousands and thousands and thousands of years of of human history, um, 
it's tough to study something and say, okay, movement is good for your health or, you know, staying away from toxicity. Yeah. Yeah. Because the the way that questions that we ask going in is, Hey, what is the symptom and does it actually get rid of the symptom? It doesn't actually, there's very little research or I would say good research being able to show that, yes, it's necessary to do these particular things because look at the outcome. It's just kind of, um, principles, I would say that this is based off of that. If you do the right things for your body, again, give the body what it needs, stay away from what it doesn't. That's a principle that research eventually will catch up to and show is true. And we already have a lot of research that shows that, but the principle is always going to be ahead of, of what actually comes out in, in the research. So that's also something to, to keep in mind here, but back to the movement. So, um, I would say the most important thing in here is that you move. Right. So it's not, I wouldn't say you have to do CrossFit or you have to run marathons. You have to do strength training. You have to do whatever it is. Just move any way that you can. That's the most important thing. But when somebody is actually pregnant, the one thing that I would say, of course, we want to say, hey, talk to your doctor, talk to your midwife, make sure that they're okay with, with what you're doing. But I would say if you are not somebody who is used to exercising in a certain way, I wouldn't all of a sudden start that right. That's when you're what I've heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you are not um, somebody who's lifted weights, I wouldn't say, "Hey, I'm pregnant." And now I'm Dr. Alex start said doing that. strength training is good during pregnancy, right. so I'm going to start strength training. Right. I wouldn't do that. Same thing for you know functional fitness. Same thing for you know HIT or you know mm-hmm. high intensity interval training. Um, so don't do that. Yeah. Right. But I, I, I wouldn't say if you know you should exercise and know the importance of it, which that would be, you would be right in, in thinking that, mm-hmm. but you don't know how to exercise, then that's when I would say, okay, go get, get some help, right? So go to a gym, go to a trainer, something like that. But you would still, and they should be intelligent enough to say, okay, you're pregnant, I've never exercised, I'm not going to throw you into this high intensity thing that's going to be sh- more stressful for your body and totally. than helpful for your body. Um, so yes, kind of... Have an idea of where your fitness level is at, what your body has been used to, and then continue on with whatever you're doing. Right, right. So if you have been doing CrossFit style workouts, then continue. Mm -hmm. Just be intelligent. You know, and and a lot of this, and and you maybe could speak to this a little bit, based off off of how you feel, right? A lot of women don't feel great during the first trimester. So they maybe are doing, they may be running miles and miles and miles find out they're pregnant and all of a sudden they feel terrible, mm-hmm. I wouldn't continue to you know, do miles and miles and miles. Right. I, I would kind of wait. I would say, yeah, the first trimester when you're not feeling so good, I definitely like came back, like let up a little bit on the gym. But then when you start to feel better in second trimester, because I had been doing CrossFit so regularly, I wasn't so worried that this is like a shock and new to my right. body. You know, I just needed like a couple weeks of yep. rest. So yep. I think that that's okay, but yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, then walking, right? Like everyone, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. even just like, if you think about, like I'm in the third trimester now and thinking about the positioning of the baby and everyone says, if you want the baby in a good position, like walk, 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 mm-hmm. walk every day, walk as mm-hmm. much as you can. Yep. So we're really trying to do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. So if you are used to dur- doing some type of exercise and now you're not feeling well, especially first trimester. Mm-hmm then still continue to move. Right. Just do what you what you can, which most yeah. of the time everybody can, can do some Everyone form can, of walking. Yes, yeah. and then also like certain forms of prenatal yoga, um, uh, like spinning babies. Uh, have you heard of spinning babies? I don't think so. So it's a organization, I guess, that's very focused on 
proper positioning of the baby. And Mm -hmm. so they have like certified coaches and stuff that can help you. But anyway, they have certain exercises that you should do every day just to help get the baby in the right position. You hit it hard in the third trimester, but it's things that you can do all throughout pregnancy. So they have like some yoga type poses that just like you want to just spend time or spend time in like a deep squat or they'll talk about just trying to squat um if like during your daily life if you need to pick something up rather than bending down to get it squat instead and just little things like that or do squats while you're brushing your teeth and Mm -hmm. those things are all going to help prepare your body for labor and that's simple enough little tweaks to your life that you know anyone can incorporate that yeah all, all great stuff so another one um so similar to like a yoga you know those type of things where it's a lot of just stabilization focusing on your core um, swimming is actually another great one. Oh, yeah. um, so swimming, just ca- you're just basically using your whole body, right? So you're using all of the muscles. And um, it, it, another thing that research has shown, it, it's, it decreases discomfort for mom, um, for, you know, when baby's moving around, and that can be uncomfortable. Swimming um, strengthens muscles, stomach and muscles in the stomach, um, helps to align the pelvis. You know, the, all of these things are, are important when you actually get up to delivery. So if you're if the musculature around your core is already strong, which hopefully you've been working on this prior to getting pregnant, mm-hmm. um, you can kind of maintain some of that as body is changing, ligaments and stuff are changing. Um, you can have that going into actual delivery. And I would say, you know, for just overall health movement of, is, of course, important, but it's also kind of a preparation. It's a, it's a form of training to yes. get you to the point where you're actually, you know, during labor delivery, um, you have already experienced stressing your body you know, through movement and your body adapting and being prepared for stressful situations, mm-hmm. physically stressful situations yeah. like labor and like and the endurance and stamina that it requires. Like if you're doing stuff like in the gym, yeah, that's endurance, gonna be better. Stamina, yeah, mm-hmm. yep. yeah. Um, mental focus. You know, that's what gets me up in the morning. I'm like, I gotta do this so I can deliver this baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously. That is that's a hard mental place to be in to say. You know, I'm again whatever. Whether you're eight, nine. Um, so even four or five months away from actually delivering a baby to be able to tell yourself, hey, that's going to come one day, so I need to be preparing myself. But that's the mindset. Mm-hmm. That's the mindset mm-hmm. you got to have for sure. Yeah, so exercise, you know, doing doing those type of things. Just a couple of things to caution you against. If it, so here's some examples. Um, there's, I forget the two ladies' names, but um, they were um, Olympic marathoners, basically. Both of them were running like 70, 80 miles a week. And what? they did, they did that through eight months of pregnancy. Oh my. So they, so don't do that. <laughs> oh right? gosh. But primarily I say, don't do that because you're not used to that in any way. Right. right. But it just shows you that these, these women, both of them had healthy pregnancies. Both of them had healthy deliveries. Both of them had healthy children. So you can stress your body to that point and still, you know, have wow. your body be able to adapt and have produce health. So. Um, if they can run 70, 80 miles a week during pregnancy, then you can, you can probably walk and, and do some swimming. Walk and to the things. playground. Yeah. Back. Another lady is an, I forget, maybe curler, which I'm, I don't know enough about curling to know how physical, I'm sure it's physically demanding, but she did hers all the way through pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, I think a soccer player, an Olympic level soccer player. That's also went like six, seven months into actually playing professionally. Oh, wow. So that was one of the things that I would, I would caution you against. So Work out whatever you enjoy, you know, challenge your body, mm-hmm. but don't do something that's contact, 
contact sports. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. And then also just try to avoid laying on your stomach, you know, for yes. long periods of time. Yeah. You don't want, so like when we're in here, we have um, movements like uh, like a burpee or a, mm-hmm. um, a hand release push up where you're on your stomach. I would, I would caution against those type right. of things. So. And if you're going to a gym, find a trainer who is knowledgeable about what you should and should not be doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Next thing would be sleep. Um, so, Sleep is important at all times, of course, for everybody, just like movement is. But I would say with mom, um, even more important, just because there's so many things that are changing in your body, Mm -hmm. so many things that are purposefully changing. Mm -hmm. And just like we adapt, adapt, our body adapts to the external environment that we're put in, it also has to adapt to the internal environment that's going on. So sometimes that just requires rest, sometimes more rest, sometimes it requires healing. So you're more than likely going to need even more sleep, especially the beginning, you know, yes. um, first trimester. So if you think seven, eight hours of sleep or at least bedtime, that's what you're trying to shoot for. Adding an hour, hour and a half to that, I would say, was, is a good idea just to try to get enough sleep so that your body's able to, again, build another human being inside you. It's going to, you're going to require a lot and some extra sleep would not, would not hurt it. Yeah. Um, and just give yourself grace. I feel like in that, like if you feel like you need a nap, like oh take, yeah, take the nap. Yep. Like yep. I would, you know, if I'm not pregnant, sometimes I'm harder on myself and like, no, I can press through or yeah. I'll just sleep tonight. But pregnancy, it's like, okay, you really do need to kind of listen to these cues that your yep. body is giving you. It's Absolutely. More important. Absolutely. So another thing that's, st- again, studies, um, women who don't get enough sleep have higher chances of preeclampsia, mm. um, which if you're not familiar with that, it's basically blood pressure goes up when it's not usually up and some protein happens in your urine and can just be a, a significant problem with women. Um, just regular high blood pressure, even without the preeclampsia and then gestational diabetes. So, um, blood sugar, insulin levels can get thrown off. So those major three things have been shown in women who just don't get enough sleep. Um, again, I'm sh- I don't know the exact study and how they did it, but I'm sure that they um, figured in women who were eating a certain way and exercising a certain way. But even with those um, other variables, it still showed women who didn't get enough sleep still had these sure, issues. Sure, that so. being like the factor that caused. <laughs> right. Um, so an analysis of more than 15,000 participants across the, over 20 studies found that approximately one in three women experience insomnia-like symptoms during pregnancy. Yeah. So extremely it's common. To have it, Definitely. and especially, I'm sure a lot of these participants were um, women of multiple children, so it's not just, you know first-time moms that mm-hmm. are that are experiencing this. So you have other things that are waking you up, I'm sure, that you have to tend to. But um, it, I'm just trying to bring awareness to it, it's not only important, but it's also something that many pregnant women struggle with to yeah. be able to get enough sleep. So it's just going to require intentionality, mm-hmm. a lot of focus here to to make that happen. Right. So, uh, and then all the things are important, you know, make sure you're having kind of a wind down routine, make sure that you're relaxing, um, warm showers, you know, reading different relaxation strategies, not eating a huge meal, especially if it's closer to bedtime, Mm -hmm. um, thinking about, cause you definitely want to be getting enough calories during pregnancy and, and eating real food as we'll talk about next week, but trying to do that, a lot of that earlier in the day and kind of slowing down as you get closer to sleep because that's going to help your body sleep because the more you eat closer to bed heart rate goes up that's you know doesn't allow you to get into those deeper levels of sleep so Mm -hmm. avoiding that and then lights you know screens all of that stuff really being intentional Mm -hmm. during pregnancy to avoid avoid those things it's a great opportunity to practice maybe we'll talk more when we get to like labor and delivery type stuff but um the relaxation techniques before bed 
you can really hone in on practicing the things that like the tool your toolkit that you're going to have for when you're in labor sure. like i have certain there's an app that has like these different meditations and like relaxation things yeah. and so i'll listen to that as i'm like going to sleep sure. and like it walks you through these breathing techniques and the purpose is I'm practicing all of this. I'm getting my body used to relaxing while I'm hearing this and, yep. you know, breathing in this certain count. And I'm going to play those as soon as labor starts so I can start relaxing, yeah. you know, so it's a great, and it helps me sleep better. So Absolutely. it's a win-win. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. I'm, and I'm sure the, you know, what's happening with, you know, just the, the voice or whatever you're mm -hmm. listening to is kind of calming and, and peaceful. Yeah. But what you're also speaking to is it, the body is used to habits, used to doing things repetitively. So if you have already been doing that and now you're put in this environment that has the potential to be stressful, if your brain can go back to something that it's used to doing, it's also going to be calming for, for the body. Right. You know? Even if I don't feel relaxed, like my body it has been trained a little bit to relax to yep. you know these yep. certain tracks and stuff. Absolutely. Because so, yeah. your brain's always thinking... You know, this is the whole stress response thing is it's always aware of what is dangerous to me, you know. So if you've done something that's kind of stressful, you know, to the body, if your body gets used to that stress, then now brain no longer thinks, okay, this is dangerous for me. Um, so I, th I would say the same thing. If you're kind of just used to hearing that, whatever it is, a voice or, or um, recording that you listen to, that just kind of triggers the brain to say, okay, here's the time when I'm used to relaxing. So n regardless of what else is happening in my body, the brain is going to say, time to relax. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. That's pretty so. cool. Okay, stress management. Um, again, I think we've talked about this enough for, for people to know that this is important. Right. Um, but here's w what they, again, I say no, but here's at least what researchers say. Researchers say. Um, stress, so mainly emotional stress, you know, traumas, emotional traumas, things mm -hmm. like that. During pregnancy, this is, was interesting, not only impacts child development, so how the baby's developing inside you, but also what they, and I might not get this exactly right, but what they call the mother-child interaction. So mm -hmm. when baby's born, you've probably heard, you know, get skin on skin, there's this connection, like yeah. oxytocin, and even nursing, all yeah. of these things kind of help to bring a connection between mom and child. Obviously, baby knows nothing about this external world, so you know, attaching mom. to mom yeah. Yeah, is kind of their, their safety net. Well, if they're stressed during pregnancy, then they've noticed that that interaction between mom and baby when baby is born is not as good as it would be if there wasn't stress. Wow. So baby's, basically, that connection between mom and baby isn't, doesn't really happen if there's stress, a significant stress. Hmm. Um, so they're, again, they're talking about traumas, like maybe you lost a loved one, mm. you know, whatever, yeah. um, had a divorce, maybe sure. something like that. Yeah. Um, but that it's not like that black or white. If there's just small little stressors and enough of them, similar things are going to start to happen mm -hmm. um, with the body. Yeah. Um, and then also um, social skills, emotional control for the child. And they, they said at least up to preschool age, we know that this is the case. So if mom had a stressful event during pregnancy, the baby or the child from baby being a baby all the way up to preschool age has struggle with social struggles with social skills and emotional control. So wow. lots of, you know, temper tantrums and not listening, you know, acting out, those type of things. They can they can trace that back to whether or not mom had stressful events. That's crazy. Very so crazy. Pretty important. To so again, intentionality, yeah. right? We can't control many of the stressors that come at us, um, but we have some control over how we react to those stressors. 
and then we can try to put ourselves in environments that, you know, kind of keep us away from the risk of stressful things happening. Mm -hmm. Um, so it might be a good idea to, if you are kind of in the pre-stages of, of on your way to getting pregnancy, or I would say even early in pregnancy to think, Hey, let me just list out all of the things that I think are stressful in my life so that I, and, and maybe my husband and people around me can help me to try to minimize those things as much as possible. Yeah. Right. Instead of just thinking, okay, I'm going to, you know, do some yoga or I'm going to do some, um, quiet time. All of those things are, are kind of proactively working against, I would say like building peace instead of just managing your stress, but there's going to be things that come at you that you can't control. So if you could try to minimize the risk of that, you know, so whether it's, you know, there's a high risk of having stress at your work then trying to figure out how, how can I minimize that mm-hmm. or eliminate it if you can as much as possible during pregnancy, right? Yeah. If there's family members that are, st- it's a stressful environment to yeah. be around them. Again, try to minimize these type of things because mm-hmm. of the, the value that it's going to have for your health as well as baby's health in a number of different ways. Yeah. Maybe have like a couple of close friends who are kind of looking out for you in those areas and just can help you remember to de-stress if they notice something in you or, you know, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Okay. Toxicity. So this one's not, um, really much different. I mean, we all know that toxins are bad for the body. Um, well, I should say all people that listening to this podcast yeah. probably know that toxins are bad for the body. Right. And toxins um, are everywhere, not just toxins are everywhere. Have a yep. label. So the scary thing is, um, a lot of toxins can enter into the placenta and start affecting, affecting, uh, the baby. Right. So right. there's a lot of Im- immune regulation. There's a lot of protection that happens so that these things can't get in there, but there's just so much that are, that's coming at us. A lot of them can cross and, and start affecting baby. Um, I wish I would have found, um, there's a, a study, well, it's, I'm sure a number of different studies, but there's a book called the wellness paradigm. And he goes through all of these studies that have been done on umbilical cords and just all of the toxins that are found in umbilical cords. I think it's over 200, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I know the, st- I've heard the stat where like it was number of toxic chemicals yep. in the umbilical cord blood yep. when they cut it up and it's like average of 200. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So it's like you think that your baby is totally safe, quote unquote, in the womb. And then like right. they get exposed when they are in the outside world. Right. But it really starts so much oh, yeah. before yep. that. Yeah. And we know these, you know, reproductive um, can be negative to just reproductive health, even prior to pregnancy. And then obviously if you're pregnant, the development of baby, mm-hmm. um, things like infertility, miscarriages, yeah. all this stuff. Because that's the, one of the big, like one of the biggest things that you see a lot in all of those chemicals is the reproductive stuff. Yeah. Like you're saying. Yeah. Man. Sad. Scary, scary stuff there. Um, neurodevelopmental delays, mm. things like autism, attention deficit, mm. um, hyperactivity disorder, um, even things like cancers, childhood cancers, adult cancers, all can be traced back to these toxic exposures. So, again, you know, pesticides, um, glyphosate, herbicides, all the stuff that's in our food, um, stuff that you're putting on your face and your body, you know, with the makeups, personal mm-hmm. care products and cleaning products and plastics and all of this different stuff can be, um, significant to, to the the negatively, um, affecting to the the baby's health and to your health. So I'd say one positive is I feel like a lot of people don't really pay much attention or care much about toxins until they get pregnant. Uh, That's what I've seen a lot is like once 
people get pregnant, then they realize they want to start getting serious about that. And then that carries through. So yeah. it's like whatever it takes, I guess. But Yeah, I always thought that that was funny that um, people think somehow that you, it's, it's okay to be um, thinking about toxicity and, you know, not eating like tuna and stuff that has mercury in it and when you're pregnant, but then it must be fine for everybody who's not pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. 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 Yeah. But <laughs> I think just paying attention to toxicity at all times, but for sure when you're pregnant, this is important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Last one. Um, this might be, oh, we're, we're okay. There. We're good. Chiropractic. So this is the one being a chiropractor. Yeah. That, uh, maybe you're surprised. I haven't talked about much of this before right. and everything that we've said, um, chiropractic could be beneficial for everybody um, for all of the things that we've talked about throughout every podcast. Um, but for pregnancy, there's just been a lot of research that has been shown um, how good chiropractic can be for, for women who are pregnant. So of course, you know, safe, effective. I'm sure there's some people that if they, especially if they haven't spe- experienced chiropractic before, think that it might be um, dangerous even when you're not pregnant. But of course, again, um, the radar goes up when you are pregnant of yes. things that could be harmful for you. So um, yes, yes, I've taken care of hundreds of pregnant women yeah. throughout my, you know, 11 years of practice and mm-hmm. nothing negative that I've ever heard of has, has ever happened. And, and I'm only one chiropractor, you know, so right. millions of women have been taken care of during chiropractic. Um, but things, of course, like managing pain, um, back, hips, joints, all of that stuff is, is can be helpful for women, just help keeping them um, comfortable. Um, but also it's huge. I mean, just to keep it simple. If baby, if you're going to have a, a healthy delivery and, and um, as easy of a delivery as possible, then you want the pelvis specifically to be in alignment and the pelvis looks, works right along with the spine. So if the spine is out of alignment, chances are pelvis is going to be out of alignment. So yeah. just making sure that it's you're in deal. alignment. Yeah. yeah. In alignment. Um, and, and I'm mostly talking structurally there. So if, if spine is out of alignment, misaligned, pelvis is misaligned, it's going to constrict, you know, room for the baby. It's going to constrict um, pelvis area to, um, for delivery purposes, it's going to be constricted. But then when you add in the, what the spine's impact with the nervous system. So if you just think nervous system controls everything in the body, if there's stress to it, then function's going to decrease overall. So you don't want function to be decreased when you're about to deliver a baby, right? You want to be functioning at the highest level possible. So making sure that your nerve um, system is clear, making sure it's stress-free as much as possible um, is extremely important for women during pregnancy. So what I typically do with women is um, if they're not having any significant symptoms where it's more of a, hey, let's kind of help keep you comfortable, um, if we're talking specifically just about, hey, let's eliminate the stress that's to your nervous system so that your body's able to go through this pregnancy and develop baby in a healthy, again, functioning at a high level. Um, I'm seeing them once every couple of weeks, and then I'm increasing that as needed as you get closer. Because mm-hmm. as you get closer to labor and delivery, you're going to want to be adjusted going into that. So yes. you don't always know when that's going to happen. So right. we increase frequency, you know, as that's happening. Mm-hmm. But then just a, a couple other things that, that research has shown Um if you are experienced, if you've had chiropractic care throughout your pregnancy, leads to faster and easy deliveries, um, faster and easier labor and deliveries, um, more comfortable during pregnancy, 50% reduction in need for pain medications um, during pregnancy or during labor and delivery, um, 40% faster average time. Labor time, we talked about 84% of women um, experience relief of back pain during pregnancy. Um, significantly less likelihood of back labor. So contractions mm-hmm. and sharp pain mm-hmm. felt in the lower back during labor. 
um, and then significantly reduce utilization of things like epidurals and forceps, vacuum extractions, episiotomies, C-sections. Um, and then it actually impacts and re- has reduced the incidence of postpartum depression. Wow. So women who receive chiropractic care during pregnancy have less postpartum depression. So huge yeah. for And for if all you've never gotten adjusted, pregnancy is a totally great time to start getting adjusted. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. That's a lot of, a lot of how um, patients start in my oh, office as they yeah. come in when they're pregnant and haven't ever been adjusted. And mm-hmm. then they just continue. Yeah. So... And it's Huge. so much more than what, like, I think a lot of people who don't really know think, oh, it's just for when your back hurts or it just, you know, right. that sort of thing. But like you were saying with the whole nervous system, like right. that's a huge deal. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, even if the, all those things I just listed out weren't the case, they hadn't even researched those. Mm-hmm. It just makes sense that you want your nervous system functioning at high level and right. you can't if your spine is in mm-hmm. um, significant misalignment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So movement. Um, sleep, stress management, toxicity, chiropractic. Of course, there's some kind of lower level lifestyle factors that will also be important that we didn't touch on, but those are the big ones. If you're focusing on those things, you're going to have a healthy pregnancy. Yeah. Awesome. Um, If anyone has any questions about any of this, definitely let us know. We would love to answer them. Share this with people in your life who might be pregnant. Get the word out there. We want to reach more people. Um, And thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.